Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It is a hairstylist-adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Erica the Red. We hope you enjoy today's episode with Hunter Donia. Girl, so I'm going... So I am... My life is insane right now, okay? So on Friday... I'm going to Europe for 17 days for fun. Oh my gosh. Love that. I come back and I immediately move from the suburbs into Philadelphia into a new apartment. And then I have five days to do that. And then I fly to LA right after that. Oh my God. This sounds like your life. I was going to say, but like crazier and a little bit cooler. (laughs) (laughs) So... Basically, like, I had this trip planned for a while, but I was supposed to move to Philly at the beginning of this month. Uh-huh. So I signed a lease. Right now, we're recording this on August 29th, if you guys don't mind me, like, spilling the tea with your audience when we're doing that. Yeah, no. And uh, um, uh, so I signed a lease for August 1st, and I get a call, like, July, like, 17th or something. And it's from, like, the landlord, and they're like, hey, so basically, the current tenants of your place are refusing to leave past your lease date. I, like they and they don't care about the consequences. So because of like um, uh, housing rights, yeah, I don't know if squatter rights is like a proper term. I think to it's use, like but tenants' that's like rights. They are, yeah, yeah. Um, they can't physically remove them, and they can't change the lock. So like there was nothing that they could do. So I had to move my freaking lease like a month and a half forward. Is that a hairless cat? <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes, it is. This is Hunter's new baby, Poppy. <laughs> Poppy is beautiful. Isn't she the cutest? I'm obsessed with her. I am obsessed. <laughs> that is freaking adorable. <laughs> so, anyways, I wasn't supposed to be like doing all that I was doing in September. I yeah. just found out that I'm going to LA last month. So, anyways, my life is insane because I'm getting ready to leave for an entire month and move and travel twice <laughs> and like all the things. So my my week is crazy. How's y'all's week? Erica? Mine is the lowercase version of that. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Today's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not doing anything exciting because I'm moving today. Um, After we get done recording this, I got to go pick up my U-Haul and load that up. That'll be fun. And then. I have a wedding on Friday that I'm doing, and then Saturday I leave to go to Oregon. So it's oh been very We're hectic, like too. I know. That's what I'm saying. Lowercase. I'm not going to Europe for 17 days. <laughs> but, I mean, you deserve it. You work hard, so have fun. Yeah, Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. So, yeah. But um, other than that, and work was good. It was busy last week, which was good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, my week was good. I love it. Yeah. What about How about yours? You, Hunter? How was your week? So my week was fantastic. Um, I had like a busy week at work mm-hmm. and then I taught two classes this weekend. So I went to Atlanta on Sunday, well, Saturday, and yeah. then taught on Sunday and then drove back and taught in um, Middle Tennessee-ish. It's like the kind of Middle Tennessee. It was about two hours away from here and I taught there on Monday and I had... An experience. Um, oh my god! One of those like learn the hard way experiences where, as an educator, I said something that I definitely shouldn't have said. <laughs> um, 
So there. Yep. So what had happened was the second class we were I was teaching um like retail sales, eliminating the sales pitch, all of the things. And we were doing a blowout. And as I was doing the blowout, I was talking about round brush sizes and when to use which brush. And then I used an example of a bob haircut. And I said that I would choose a larger brush to get a smoother result. And we avoid the whole Karen vibe. (laughs) And And someone asked me what I said. And I repeated it. And then she asked what I meant by that. And then I continued to open my foot and just insert my, or open my mouth and insert my foot all the way down my throat. No gag reflex. Nothing. And continued to just beat the horse. (laughs) And eventually she stood up and walked out of the room. And I kind of was like, wait a second. Did I do something? And they were like, oh, no, that's her name. (laughs) I said (laughs) I said and not one of y'all bitches were gonna tell me (laughs) no literally you just let me continue dude it's so funny you say that because like so I teach a lot about boundaries and like having like hard conversations with clients and a lot of that stuff yeah so literally my very first educational product at all that I had for sale was an ebook called The Karen Chronicles. <laughs> and uh, I used the name Karen as like an example for a very long time in like the way that I was teaching and like sharing verbiage. So I would say like, okay, so this is what you say. Hey, Karen blank, right? And so then after a while, I was like, I mean, the joke's kind of getting old at this point anyway. And there is a chance that like some people could start to get offended. And also like there's other like origins of that, of that, that term that like, that are very appropriate that I should, shouldn't be saying anyway. So I learned my lesson the hard way as well too, when I got like enough, like little complaints, you know, like here and there. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to retire this. And now I just say like Sally as my, as my name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Barbara. That's funny. <laughs> that would be perfect. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so that happened. Quite the story. Yeah. I was dying laughing yesterday. That when is you crazy. Told me and that. I have one more additional story for the Sunday class that I haven't told you yet because I wanted Ooh, to save it for the podcast. Reactions. So on Sunday, I go to the salon. It's in the middle of nowhere in this cute, cute town, right? Yeah. But it's like surrounded by a cow field, like literally the middle of nowhere. Okay. And. I had placed the order a week and a half in advance, which our orders, like, based on our, like, protocol was, like, a week out. So I thought I was doing it early. Yeah. And I get to the salon. I get my stuff set up. I introduce myself. I talk to the manager. And then I just kind of, like, start walking around the salon, right? I'm, like, looking around, checking it out. And I notice that there aren't any large boxes, And there should be several mini large boxes for this hands-on class Mm -hmm. with 10 stylists and an educator. And so I go to the manager and I was like, hey, girl, how you doing? Um, Did any of the supplies get here? And she goes, what are you talking about? I thought that would be included in the class. I said, no, 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 no. It is included in the class, but I had it ordered and sent here ahead of time so that we didn't have to travel with it. Yeah. 
And she goes, no, I don't know anything about that. So, yeah, this hands-on class for 10 people had no mannequins, no hair color, no anything. And we pulled it together, honey, and we made it work. Not a single one of the stylists knew that anything was going on. We called in models. They had all the hair, and that blonding class then turned into a color correction class because every stylist had a different model with a different color scenario, and I had to go and be like, okay, well, this is the look, but now we're going to talk about how we can correct what's going on here because we just pulled this lady from the street. Well, I kind of like that because that's more realistic to how it's going to be in the chair. They're going to give you an inspo pick, and they're not going to be properly suited with virgin hair. Well, the, the feedback I got from the class was incredible. It was the best feedback back I've ever gotten and I was shitting my pants <laughs> Dude, I bet that is I'm, I'm I you uh, I uh, I've I've done brand education mm-hmm. a fair bit like I taught for a brand for like five years and you get put into those case scenarios more often than not like it's more often that there's going to be some sort of wrench thrown in some sort of like curveball and I feel like those experiences truly are like happy accidents that are there Mm -hmm. to like challenge you keep things interesting to be able to like tell these stories and then they turn into like an even more impactful and great and honest class with your students so Sorry that that happened, but it sounds like you were able to turn it around. I was going to say, <laughs> making a lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was great. Oh, I loved God. it. So now, let's dive into the episode, because yeah. we pulled an Uno Flip reverse card today, and we did not produce this episode nope. whatsoever. Nope. So, Hunty? This is like, in the moment, we're all going to learn this together. Take it away. So, here's the tea. Okay. So I don't know how much y'all know about what I teach, okay? But I teach to a lot of, like, very innovative, modern, alternative, forward-thinking ways of doing business as a hairstylist. And with that, you'll always get, like, pushback, right? You'll get people who are like, oh, like, I'm never going to do that. That's, like, stupid. My my clients are going to hate that, right? And so... I mean, I have like hundreds of students who have taught this stuff and they're like doing really freaking well and like implement it really successfully. And I do do it in my own business behind the chair and see really beautiful things. But I kind of was like so sick of like hearing these things. Like I was so sick of people making assumptions about these certain strategies and certain like things that I teach for themselves and assumptions about like how their clients specifically actually felt about these things as well too because i don't know if you guys can agree i feel like all too often we are we can be guilty of making really giant assumptions out of like very small case scenarios or irrelevant case scenarios so for example right so for example you'll have one client out of your like 200 happy clients you'll have one client who tells you um i hate how i hate online booking right So then you'll like hear this negative comment, right? And then you'll allow that negative comment to like put you into a spiral. And then all of a sudden believe across the board that every single one of my clients is going to hate online booking. Or you know how you focus on like the one one star review you have versus like the 200 five star reviews that you have, right? Mm -hmm. Very much that case scenario. So Or another thing that used to happen to me all the time is I, in my business, like I'd be asking like 
my friends or my family or like telling them like about a decision I was going to make, such as like raising my prices, right? And then they would be like, oh, like, are you sure you want to raise your prices that much? Or like, oh, if I was a client, like I would not like this or that or the third. So then you're like letting this person who like doesn't even pay you to get their hair done determine like your decisions and like you you all of a sudden make an assumption and you make decisions based upon this person's opinion that doesn't even matter at the end of the day yeah so what are your guys thoughts about that first well that sounds like me (laughs) i do that all the time (laughs) like one person's like "Mm, i don't know and i'm like boo everything's ruined (laughs) Uh well and i think that it's a lot of times we get so stuck into doing what we do the way Mm. that we do it that anytime anything different is introduced there's always going to be doubt or speculation or anything like that so i yeah i feel that a lot anytime you try and introduce something new yes very much so so I was sick of like these assumptions. Like I was sick. I mean, even myself, like I was sick of just being like, okay, well, this is my experience and these are my students' experiences. But like, what do our clients actually think about this shit? So I ran a survey of 500 women in the United States who get services done at a salon to ask them what they actually thought. So like the people who are actually like paying our bills, right? And these are 500 women specifically who get services done in a salon. So these aren't like the box diet home, trim my own, my own bob at home, cut a ponytail situation. Okay. These are the okay. people who are like, their opinion actually matters. Right. And out of these 500 women, um, 50% of them were between the ages of 25 and 44. 20% of them were between the age of 18 and 24. And then 30% of them were, be- were 45 years or above. So we also have a great range of demographic as far as age range goes. And then these were also from like all over the country. So we had like the most rural of places, we had suburbs and we had metropolitan areas. So we had a really nice broad range of clients to ask these questions. And they were all about these like more modern ways of doing business um, and more like technology implementation and just like more forward, like alternative ways that a lot in conversations and ideas that have been in the industry in the in just like the past couple of years, especially like post pandemic. And the results are absolutely insane. So I'm really excited to share this with y'all. Thank you so much for letting me share this with the industry on your platform. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what your guys's thoughts are. I'm going to put a disclaimer at the front of this. Okay. So although I teach to a lot of this stuff, I I just, I did not, like, I wanted to know what these clients' honest answers were, like, just as much as anybody else would. So, like, I'm, I literally just asked these clients in a non-biased way, like, what are your thoughts about this? And so, I'm just the messenger here, all right? Like, I'm just telling you what the tea is. So, this is what your (laughs) clients said and answered, and, like, so don't shoot me, like, like, please don't blame me, like, this is what your clients told me, okay? These are the real answers. And... I'm also going to say too, you know, I think that every single person, the way that they do business is going to, it's going to be important for you to do it how you want to do it. And at the end of the day, not everything's going to work for one person the same way and all the good things. So you decide how you want to take this information Mm -hmm. and move forward. Okay. I'm not telling you to do anything. Period. Sounds like a plan. I love it. So are y'all ready to get into it? Yes. Yes. Let's go. Okay. So my first thing that I want to talk about 
was online booking. I was like, so I teach to like heavily online booking, all right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about like having online booking as an option for clients. I'm talking about like making it a fundamental way that you book appointments, like literally being like, you can only book online with me, like situation. Like you can't call me, you can't text me. We can't have a like a like a back like when I'm on vacation, you can't text me and like we can't go back and forth for hours like figuring out what schedule works. Like here's my online booking link. Take care of it yourself. This way, I don't squeeze myself in on my days off, and you can very fairly and cleanly and easily see all my time and availability. There you go. So, I teach to that. A lot of people. So so before I get into it, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are about online booking and what's your experience. You guys hate it. Well, I, I mean, we're employees, so mm-hmm. we have a front desk, and I think we have an online booking option. They, we have an online request option. Request option. So we don't do it in our day-to-day life. But have you done it in the past? I have attempted it in the past, but I was also attempting a lot of other things with running my own business that I did not know how to manage, and it was years and years and years and years ago before things were modernized. Uh-huh. are what they are hey. now. So I so have... I have minimal experience. Yeah, I have done online booking before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, double and triple book my days, and so it was really difficult for me to allow the double booking times when each guest is a little bit different, and I personally know that, but I had a front desk to be able to say... This person has this amount of time. It's mm-hmm. always in their notes. Like, I need 45-minute application, 30-minute processing, and yeah. I need an hour and 15 minutes to finish. Um, okay. So just the way that I have been taught and have historically ran my books, it didn't work for me, but it's not something that I'm not open to hearing about. Yeah. Period. If there's a better way to do it than what I did. That's what I'm saying. Well, So I have a lot of people who will come into my programs and they'll share that specifically. Like I double book, I triple book. And like, I can't even imagine how this would work like with my schedule or I'll have a lot of people say like, I have so many different like options and like, I don't trust my clients are going to book the right thing for like the timing that they need. Right. Like that's a huge thing that I'm told as well too. And then I also have people who tell me like, my clients aren't going to like online booking. They like to just do it through me. And like, that's how I've always done it too. So I wanted to ask the clients, like, what they thought. And I also wanted to ask the clients, like, what their what their hangups were with online booking to at least make it so if you wanted to lean on, in on, into online booking to make things more streamlined for yourself and your clients, like, would your clients be cool with it, basically? Mm-hmm. And even, even for, for even, even more than that, if you were to be like, you can only book an appointment with me online instead of calling me. And not to mention, right, like for salons, you know, a receptionist is expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's it's expensive to put a receptionist on payroll. Not only that, but you have to trust the receptionist. So like you also have to trust the receptionist to do all the right things for you as well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to be able for a, for a salon to be able to be more profitable by leaning into your your clients doing business by themselves with you, mm-hmm. I think is a really powerful concept to just think about and to be open minded about. So here's the tea. Okay. And I know this, this is going to sound contradictory at first, but I promise I'll get there. <laughs> so I asked my first question in this survey, how do you prefer to book your appointment at the salon? Mm-hmm. I gave them three options. 
The first one was in person, online, or by phone. Okay. So 15% said in person. Only 24% said online. And then 61% said by phone. Okay. Okay. Wow. So then I asked them, why don't you prefer to book online? A whopping 60% of those people who did not say online said stylist does not offer it or they're not sure if they offer it. So it's not necessarily that they wouldn't, yeah. right? It's that their stylist either doesn't give them the option or they're not even sure if their stylist does it at all. And then the rest of those people said that they're scared that they're going to mess it up or they feel like it's too confusing for them to use it. Okay. So I ran the survey again because I was like, okay, I need to like set this record straight. You know, like I can't just like, like we need to like make it so like, let's say that they, this person did have online booking. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer to do it? So I reworded the question. I said, how would you, how would you prefer to book your appointment? Assuming your stylist offered both options. I also removed the in-person option because like, I don't really care about like in person, I want to talk about like when you're not in the salon, yeah. how would you prefer to book an appointment? Right. Mm -hmm. So I asked by phone or online. 71% of clients prefer to book appointments online. Then I asked, why don't you prefer to book online to those like 30 ish percent? And I said, remember, this is assuming your stylist did offer it. 54% of those people said, I am scared I will mess it up. Yeah. And so what are you, so first, before I share my takeaways, what are y'all take, y'all's takeaways from that? I was just kind of thinking, I do a lot of my own personal appointment bookings online mm -hmm. too. And I do think that if I were in a situation where I had to handle booking on my own, Online booking would be something I would want to do, but my fear would be both the same for a hair appointment. Like if I were booking for a client, you know, as a client, even though I am a hairstylist, I still might not know if I was going to do it right or mm -hmm. whatever. And I would be afraid as the practitioner or operator that my clients wouldn't do it right. So if there were a streamlined foolproof way to do it, I would be a thousand percent more willing to jump on that bandwagon. That's from both sides of both perspectives. That's exactly what I was thinking is if instead of, you know, offering a full highlight, medium highlight, partial highlight, accent highlight, full balayage, partial balayage, you know, all of the things, if you had more of a streamlined, like custom color, that's every time it's the same thing mm -hmm. and it allows you the time to do things, then it would be easier and more, uh, less likely for someone to mess it up. Stylist or client. Yeah. Yeah. You guys took the words right out of my mouth. So like the first take, my first takeaway is that like the clients are just as scared to mess it up as we are mm -hmm. that they'll mess it up. You know, like we're just as scared. Like nobody wants to mess this up. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, to your point, Hunter too, like, 
if we could make it more streamlined, if we had a more simple process for them, if we took responsibility to be able to set up our online booking to be easy, to be obvious, to make it so that way it is kind of like dummy proof or foolproof mm-hmm. for our clients to be able to do this with us, right? Then I think that we could really trust it and clients could have a great experience with it. But I think that we all too often we use terms such as like partial foil or toner or bond builder treatment, right? And it's like the the, the normal day to day client like does not know what those mean. I mean, like I would I would put money on the majority of clients they do not know what a partial foil actually means, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I don't think that we necessarily have to, and I teach this in my programs, I don't think that we have to change our pricing model unless we want to, like our menu, um, to be able to make this work for us, to make it so it's more streamlined. Um, you can if you want to, and it definitely would make it more streamlined, and I, and I have that in my situation, and we'll actually talk about that later. But I think that we just need to make it so that like the online booking menu actually makes sense mm-hmm. to somebody who doesn't understand these hair terms and that you set your client up for the most success possible to be able to do this stuff at home whenever they're ready to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was my takeaway from the situation. I thought 71% is like a pretty large whopping percentage. And yeah, I think that like real. that's just increasing as, as time moves on and mm-hmm. moves forward. I then asked for them to fill in the blank. So I said, I like posed the question as I would be more willing to book online if, and then like I left it open-ended for them to just like put in their response. And then once they put in all their open-ended responses, I like put all their open-ended responses in the chat GBT. And I said, sum this up and like put it into like, just sum it up for me. So here are the top three things, the top three reasons why somebody would be more willing to book online. So the first thing was system reliability. So they just want to know that like the technology is actually going to work and like do its job, which it does. Like we're in 2023, like it's yeah. going to freaking work, right? <laughs> Normally, if technology doesn't work, it's, it's user error. Then the the next thing was confirmation and notification. So they want to get like a like a confirmation or notification text that like the appointment was actually approved and it was booked and the stylist saw that it was approved, which is completely possible in today's day and age. I think we talked about that earlier. Like mm-hmm. you can like when with booking systems, you can set it up to where like somebody requests an appointment for a certain time and then you actually approve it. Mm-hmm. And then ease of use. So they just want to make sure that it's easy to use, right? So that goes down to having like an easy user interface and then you setting it up in a non-hairdressery way in more of like a human, anybody could understand this way. Mm -hmm. So anyways, in my opinion, in my experience, I truly believe that online booking is, you can make it work and you can make your clients fall in love with it and be down for it if you're willing to do the work of making the online booking experience like a little bit easier. So that way you and the client are set up for success. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you guys have any final thoughts before I get into the next thing? No, no, I think my question will be answered. Yeah. And if it's not, I can ask it later. Okay. Beautiful. So the next thing is, uh, have you guys heard about the, the concept of like not pre-booking your clients like at all? I okay. I've heard it, but I think it's absurd. I think it's absurd as well. <laughs> I interviewed at this salon in Portland one time, and I was like really thrown off because, um, 
I think I was asking, like, if they did coaching to go over numbers and this and that. And she was like, we're just not really numbers focused. And then she proceeds to tell me that they don't pre-book clients. Like, 80% of their clientele calls the day of to get an appointment. And I was just like. Day of? Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> so, n- I mean, I have always been beaten into me that you pre-book your clients from day one out of school. So, I mean, even in school. I can't mm-hmm. imagine Yes. Yeah. So uh, here's the tape. <clears throat> I agree with you. I think that this has always been like the standard for us, right? Like we've always been taught that like if your pre-booking percentage is high, if you have like appointments booked for yourself in the future, then like you have like guaranteed income. Like that's like sustaining your income in the future. Yeah. Um, where where my where my like opposition to that is is number one you want to always make sure that you have room for new clients to be able to get into your book. Right. And if you're like book solid for like more than a month at a time, Mm -hmm. then all too often a new client is going to see that as really inconvenient and they may not want to wait that long to get in with you. Now I was in a circumstance where yes, I was like booked three and a half months solid and yeah, people would be willing to wait that long, but it's like, damn, that's like a really long time to wait. And the more new clients that you can get into the door, the more you will be setting yourself up for success with possibly raising your prices and making more money in the future because you have newer people who are willing to pay a higher price versus the people that you have existing now who may not be willing to pay that higher price. So you open up more space for newer clients to be able to come in with you, right? Because you have a more flexible schedule. And I remember during the pandemic, I was deathly afraid of getting sick because I was solidly freaking booked, like for three and a half months solid. And I was definitely afraid of getting sick, not just be, not because if, if not because of my body, like not because of my health, although that's like, that should be the reason. I was definitely afraid because if I had to reschedule all those clients, where the hell would they go? Like, I would have to come in early, stay late, all my days off, right? So if I'm booked for more than like three and a half months, like I can't just like move these people to the end of my three and a half months. Like I'm going to have to get them in like sooner than that. So when we gridlock and landlock ourselves into these appointments that are like months ahead, we don't offer any flexibility to ourselves, nor do your clients. I mean, let me, let me ask y'all, do y'all have any idea what's happening in your schedule three months from today? Yes. I mean, sort of, I have a, I look ahead okay. quite a bit, but but you know, a week a week before three months from today, yeah. you have no, you have no idea what else is going to be on your schedule, right? Yeah, right, right. Your clients don't either, and I think that we all too often like force our clients to be in these situations where they have to like predict what's happening in the future, just because they feel this pressure that if they don't do that, then they're not going to get an appointment with us because we don't have the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I asked the clients what they thought. And I said, if your hairstylist schedule was flexible, what would you prefer? Book next appointment before I leave the salon or book next appointment when I'm ready and I have a better idea of my schedule. What do y'all think they said? Probably. I would assume the latter. Yeah. So 26% of people said book next appointment before I leave the salon. 
And 74% said book next appointment when I'm ready and I have a better idea of my schedule. So what are your guys' general thoughts or questions? I find that super interesting. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all. Right. I think if given the option, most people would want to do something on their own time without yeah. Someone well, else and telling like, them what to do. We yeah. talked about it before. Like I used to pre-book my waxing appointments and I just had to stop because I never would make them because I'd book it and then something would come up and my life is busy and I'd be like, okay, something's got to give. And it's always that, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm not surprised. And I'm also th- like really wanting to hear more because I am entering into this phase where like, especially with my Saturdays, like I'm really, really encouraging people to book out farther. And like, I have a feeling you're going to tell me why that's not the best business move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, well, the tea is, I love that you just said that because I think I, I didn't mention this as well too, because the benefits of, of rethinking how we pre-book, I think is, is, Another benefit is that we're reducing last minute cancellations and no shows, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'd rather you be guaranteed that you're going to have somebody come in because they know what their schedule is versus like some, you just force somebody to like figure out what their schedule is three months from today. And then it's, they get the 72 hour reminder and they're like, oh shit, I can't make that because my kid has a soccer game that I didn't know about until like two months ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just think that there's a lot of benefits to it. And I don't think that just completely removing pre-booking is, 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 uh, uh, is is reasonable for the majority of people. Yeah. But I do think possibly limiting how far out we actually book appointments, such as for my example, um, I have it so on the first of the month, my next month opens up. So right now it's August. So I've all of, of September is open right now. On September 1st, October will open up. And I have like this like booking day and then my clients will get an email reminder and twice and it'll get them on the freaking book. I get book solid and I've been doing this for two years now and they freaking love it. And it offers them a fair chance to get onto my book. Mm -hmm. Um, I make sure that like my services that like are high maintenance, like the ones that like come and see me like every three to four weeks, like my great coverage people that they are pre-booked. So that way my maybe like lower maintenance clients they're the ones who have to like make an appointment around those people. So that way I know that those priority people got an appointment, but then it's like this low maintenance person, if they can't get an appointment, they can wait another freaking week, if not another month. Right. So I think just thinking about how we can rethink about it and not like book pre-book ourselves to smithereens, not create any flexibility in our lives. Cause then like what happens if you decide that you want to go on vacation in three, in three months. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you just can't freaking do that. Or there's a concert that comes up then you have to reschedule your clients. And then like, where the hell do they go? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like creating more flexibility for your client and yourself is advantageous. Mm-hmm. I really love that. I think yeah. it's cool. And I think that, um, I've heard of salons doing, like, memberships and stuff now. Have you heard of that? I've not. I have heard of, like, my tattoo artist does exactly that. He opens up the month mm-hmm. prior before the month. My thing is I have appointments that are booked out until the end of 2024. Yeah, w- which is <laughs> cool. It's great. But I also think that, like, for people whose client, like, clientele is not trained that way mm-hmm. that this is really good and it does give i mean obviously not everything's going to work for everyone yeah 
But for right. that but is great, it, and I feel like it almost makes those, like you said, your gray coverage people. They're like your season ticket holders or like your VIP members that like <laughs> right. They're automatically gonna get those like first dibbed spots. But well, and then, that's the ones that I have booked out until twenty twenty four. Yeah, are the f- every four weekers and all of that, which is great because that's what I'm saying is like they could be kind of like your like automatically when those books open, they're appointments like auto populator i don't know how the technology part of it works that's (laughs) that's hunter's gig not mine um but i like it because it does it gives you a chance to get new clients in um everybody just knows okay it's the first second third like you gotta get in there and book your appointment for the month like I think it's great because then if you have a vacation, you don't have to look at, like, you're trying to plan a vacation. You don't have to be like, oh, my God, okay, I've already got these people pre-booked and blah, 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 blah. So I've got to move these people. It's just like you plan your vacation. That's the time. Those dates aren't available. Maybe the month before you open up a couple days you weren't working so that you can cover the clients that you can't take in this week off that you're taking the following month. I think it's a fantastic idea. Obviously. Obviously, you've had success with it if you've been doing it for two years, but I think it's brilliant. And I think it's cool that that works really well for you like that. And there's nuances, you know, mm-hmm. and I and when in my program, I teach people how to like implement this successfully within their own business, and their own circumstances, because everybody has different circumstances. Yeah. and Everybody has a different type of clientele and the services that they do, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that no matter what situation you're in, I think that you can implement this in whatever way that you want to. Mm-hmm. For example, you already have these ab- appointments booked through 2024, right? Well, then you maybe honor some of them until the end, and then you start to change the way that you do things once you honor them. Or you just say, hey, girl, guess what? Your next two appointments are still in there, but not anymore past that date. Every single time you come to see me, we'll make sure that that's actually booked moving forward. Or you can say, hey, these are I, these are in here, right? And that's and I and I I expect these to be in here, but they are tentative as of right now. And I'll be confirming with you every appointment moving forward that this truly is a time and day that you can make. And I'll be confirming with you that's a time and day that I can make as well, too. So then also setting up those expectations from the very beginning, right? So like even my four weekers that I'll pre-book just like one month into that like dark zone when my my books are closed. So like let's say like right now is August. And my so right now it's August and September's open. Like I'll maybe have like some of my four weekers booked in October. Those people know that like in if you're booked in October, those are tentative appointments. But and I will confirm with you in September your ne- your appointment in September that those are actually going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways that you can make this work for your own business, no matter what you have going on. So I have a question: How does confirming that yes. look like for you? Is it like do you have that? automated as well or are you look sitting down with your calendar and calling clients and texting clients and oh absolutely <laughs> no no ma'am girl right? no so okay, it's so absolutely automated okay um with the with the, yeah with the way that i set up everything and and we do i do an email blast um and uh uh i do an email blast the the day before the first and then the morning of the first reminding them and the beauty of that as well, because it it's blasting to your entire client list, mm-hmm. is it gets more clients back on your book yeah. than other than the other way around. Like people are like, okay, if I don't pre-book, then like people aren't gonna book with me. And it's like actually if you do it this way, it's reminding people that you exist, like multiple, like every single month. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So it creates this urgency and urgency and scarcity works as we've seen with Era's tour. Like just because there's not a lot of tickets is the reason why people are like drooling and freaking the hell out and paying thousands, right. literally tens of thousands of dollars to go see Taylor Swift, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to it, not just with like creating more flexibility. It's also creating more urgency and scarcity, getting people back onto your book, literally increasing retention by not pre-booking appointments. So that's that sum up. I and it's it. not for everybody, yeah, but I, I do think it. that it could be advantageous if you were open-minded to it. No, definitely. I love it. And yeah. I do think that it's really important to kind of let go of some of these like old mindsets that we have as far as business in our industry because so much has I mean it's so cliche to say it but so much has changed since the pandemic that like literally it's a whole different world that we're living in now as far mm -hmm. as like how people operate how technology operates about what people want and what their priorities are so it's completely true I think it's a great time to really look inside and challenge what you think about some of these things you know I mean, automation yeah. would be great for my ADHD ass anyways. Like, I wish this had oh, been around period. 10 years ago when I was running my own business. I might have, might be a millionaire by now. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but especially now when it, it, I mean, again, it's the way of the future. It sounds silly, but it is the way of the future. And it is the reality of how things are working now. And I think it's a good idea to look at it and mm -hmm. maybe try something different. I agree. And I like I like the fact that it is it's the constant reminder mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I was the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, well, then people just won't come back because then the books will get filled and then it's then they'll forget mm -hmm. to book their appointment. Mm -hmm. But if it's a constant reminder, they won't forget. So every hole in the theory that I had punctured right in my brain was filled as I kept listening. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of makes me think of like one of those like subscription boxes. Like you have until the fifth to cancel it. Like, except oh, it's the opposite. Oh. You have until the fifth to book your appointment if you want to get one this month. <laughs> so you better get in there and get Kay. it, you know? Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. People tell me it's literally like buying concert tickets. Like my clients yeah. are like, oh my God, yeah. Like I may, I set my alarm for like 7.55 in the morning to be on there at eight. And like, I'm not playing around. Well, like it's, and it's like cool. Like it like, it's like, it's such a cool, innovative, you know, I love Erica that you said, cause I think it's so important to hit on. We are in a day and age where we have the opportunity to do business in a different way that we never had before. Like we, now that we do have this technology and now that clients are more used to and willing and even wanting to do business in this different way with us as well, we can now empower ourselves and empower our clients yeah. to do whatever we want and create more flexibility and more work-life balance for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love you it. Know? I love that. The your analogy about the concert tickets, that's and when you were first explaining it, that's where that whole season ticket thing in my brain came from. Was that's what it made me think of is like getting in a queue to like get your get tickets for something or like, you know, an event and mm -hmm. there are those people that already have their seats cuz they're season ticket holders. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? I yep. thought the exact yeah. same thing when Emily was trying to get Lana tickets. Lana tickets, yes, exactly. Would, that's exactly yeah. what I thought of was a concert. And how it create yeah, yeah. it creates an excitement around booking an appointment yeah. with you, and yeah. then because yep. once again I had punk I was like, but then the the scarcity complex come goes away, mm -hmm. but then it's even it's heightened even more. Yeah. Yep. I 
when you first said not pre-booking, him and I both were like, what? We looked at each other. Bitch, what is he about to say? <laughs> <laughs> but I really do like it. And I have seen it like on people's in people's bios before, like September books open this day or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. that before. And I just always kind of assumed it was because they were like traveling artists or something, you know, in different cities and they would be somewhere a chunk of time and whatever, whatever. But I really, I do think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, how would you suggest um, s- people who are in s- like similar situations yeah. to Erica and I where we're in a commission salon, our prices are set, our booking is set. We have receptionists, all of those things. Um, and as far as like technicalities and legalities go, those mm-hmm. clients are not our own. They, yeah. they right. belong to the salon. So. I have the clients that I brought in that I have their contact information because I brought them with mm-hmm. me to the salon and that could work for them. How would you suggest implementing this in a salon situation? Yeah. So whenever it comes to team salons, specifically speaking to um, the employee, and by the way, nobody owns your clients. And I think that I I know what you're saying, but nobody owns your clients. Like the salon does not own your clients and you don't own your clients either. Like your clients are going to do whatever the hell they want to at the end of the day. And I think that like a lot of employees, like, cause I was there and I was an employee, like I would feel the same way. I would like, I would be like, okay, well, like I can't screw around with like like talking to this client on Instagram and like booking their appointment or like, I don't know, like I could never like tell them that I'm doing this in this other way because that's the salons. And it's mm-hmm. like, this person is like living their life and they, they care about, they love you and they care about you. But at the end of the day, they're going to do whatever the hell they want to. Yeah. I, if I were in a situation and I was an employee at a salon and I wanted to do business in a different way, I would approach the owner And I would say, hey, owner, I have an idea on how we can make it so we are making our clients happier and how I can make more money, how I can be booked out, but also have a more flexible life and schedule in the future. Would you be open to hearing about it, right? If you have a good salon owner, they would say yes. If you sit down with the salon owner, you say, okay, so hear me out. I know this sounds insane at first, but... This is the idea. I heard this from a business coach. And these are all the reasons why it's absolutely great. Here are all the concerns that I know that you probably have. Here are how we address all those concerns. And here is how this would actually be done, right? And be very open-minded and make that person a part of the process. So be like, I really appreciate you being open to hearing this idea. I'm also looking for to hear what your thoughts are and to hear like how you believe that we could make this work for us if you found the benefits as powerful as they are. Any good leader, okay? Any good leader, any good salon owner, number number one will always want to be open-minded will always want to have innovative and innovative things and and always be looking for new ways to grow the business and match consumer behavior and as long as you create an open conversation where you make that person feel like they're a part of the conversation and just instead of just saying like this is what i want to do this is how we should do things moving forward um that should open up a door to a conversation at least you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah yeah um, I also want to be very clear about owning people. Um, I meant that as far as the information <laughs> that is provided. Yes, I know. 
Um, and that shit does hold up in court. <laughs> no, yes, I know. It does. I know. I, 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 get, I get where you were coming from. I just feel like there's a lot of people out there. It was really for the person listening to this because yeah. I felt like, I feel like a lot of people like employees, like they'll be so scared to like go like leave a salon or like open up their own mm-hmm. thing just because they're like, oh my God, my clients would never follow me or like, and, yeah. and, and it holds them back when mm-hmm. in reality it's like, you can like go and post anything that you want on Instagram. Like you can like do whatever the hell you want to. And salon owners, more importantly, salon owners need to understand that they don't own the clients. Yeah. That's very much what I really I do agree about. with that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. My next thing. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yes. So ready. <laughs> okay. How do you guys deal with new clients? And like, how do you guys deal with like, when a new client, you want to make sure that they're booked for like the right time for the right things, like before they come into the door? Like, what does that communication look like? Or like, what does that process look like for you guys? So we have a survey. Um, that's, nice. That's like, what are you looking for? Sometimes they fill it out. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> um, and then in that case, that survey would be given to us. Like it would print it out most of the time and it'll just be left on our station. And then we have the opportunity to contact the guest to make sure that everything is booked properly. Yeah. Okay. Period. I love that. So we're already using like a form mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me ask you this. Do you wish that every single new client would fill out that form? Yes. Yes. Okay. What if like every single client was required to fill out that form before they could even touch an appointment? I think we have something like that in place with ours ours because sometimes like there's like a link they have to click on to complete their booking. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it will hold that appointment for, I don't know, I think 15 minutes or something like that, two hours, I'm not sure. But if they don't complete what they're supposed to do through that link, it doesn't book. Is that? I think that's just for credit card information. Is it? Oh, okay. Well then, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, to be completely uh, honest, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Okay. So, but wouldn't it be nice? Yes. It would be (laughs) You guys would agree. It'd be great. Because that way you could like make sure that like this person is actually booked for the right thing. And how great would it be if you didn't have to even talk to them to make that, to make sure, like you were able to ask all the questions that you want to ask. You could get uploaded pictures. You could see their hair. Now you could get inspiration pictures, all the above. Right. So I am a big firm believer in digital forms and literally like requiring a digital consultation before you even touch my online booking before you can even talk to me at all you are filling out that damn form like period the greatest place that this comes into play is when you're at a party and somebody finds out you're a hairdresser and they're like (laughs) oh my god i hate all i hate my hair i've hated every single hairstylist i've ever been to and then you have red flags going off in your brain and then instead of saying like here's my online booking here, DM me on Instagram. You can say, go ahead and fill out this form. We'll find out if the, we're the right fit for each other or not. And then you can send them a very kind email after saying, thank you so much for filling out this form. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like I'll be able to serve you to the standard that you deserve. I think that I'm not the best fit for you. Here are other salons in the area that can take better care of you. So having this as like a boundary to be able to say like, crazy, cra- cra- I was about to say Karen, oh my God. <gasps> crazy person. <laughs> 
Bad word. Silly, silly Sally. <laughs> Sally, silly Sally. And you can say Sally, no ma'am. Like, <laughs> we can't do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and also to make sure that they're booked for the right thing. So anyways, I think a big concern that people have with this is that if I, if I make my client fill out a digital consultation form before booking a first appointment, then I'm going to get less appointments booked, right? So I asked the clients how they felt about digital consultations. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you willing to fill out a digital consultation form before booking your first appointment so you know an idea of what price you'll be paying and so you'll be booked for the correct amount of time for the hairstylist to complete your service? What do y'all think they said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 95% of clients are willing to fill out a digital consultation form before booking a first appointment. What was that part you said about them getting to know the price? It was the fill out the consultation and that way they can get an idea of the price and the time. Yes. Okay. An idea of what price they'll be paying. And so that they, they, they'll be booked for the correct amount of time for the hairstylist to complete your service. I mean, if I were the client, um, I would do that. Mm-hmm. yeah hell yeah it's like people want to know like set expectations totally. from the very beginning right yeah so then you set an expectation from the beginning they they have like their budget in mind you don't have to like freak out of over whether or not they know what the price is mm-hmm. right they're booked online they saw the price online right and there you go it's done and the way that i set this up is completely automated like literally they fill out this form and you click a button that says exactly what they like the services that they would need to book online. They get an automated email and then they book online the right thing. And then it's done and it's taken mm-hmm. care of. So just in case there's any doubt that your clients are not down to fill out that digital consultation form first, they absolutely are. Okay. My last thing. Okay. Are we ready? My last thing is about pricing models because Everybody is debating and talking about hourly versus a la carte versus all-inclusive versus package versus parts and labor, right? So, like, we have salon scale and we have Vish now where, like, people are paying for exactly, like, the grams of color that people are using, et cetera, et cetera. So, are you guys having – do you guys have an a la carte menu? We do. We do, yeah. Okay, gorgeous. How do you feel about it? Do you have any, like, qualms or anything like that? I love it. I don't. I've worked with so many different pricing models. That mm-hmm. I have you. My yeah. pricing model, whenever I was independent, was more of like a package style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that cheated both the client at times and then the stylist at mm-hmm. times too. So I feel like that one wasn't that great for me. And then I also charged hourly. And then I realized the better I got and the faster I got, the less money I was making. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so that didn't work for me. Um, and so a la carte just works for me the best because I can say, okay, I did this, this, and this, and I used X amount of color over the allotted am- amount. amount for that service. And I add that yep. in and then it's done. I was going to say, it kind of takes out the like, roughness of having to tell someone you're going to charge them a lot of money because you used a lot of product and they can see it on the receipt. Like, you know, I feel like it eliminates harder conversations because it just makes it, it, or I should say it makes it easier to navigate that because it's just like, well, this is what we did. This is what we used. If we need more, I mean, and you can always have that conversation. I'm going to guess it's, you know, going to be about this much, Mm. but if it, is more, it will be in $26 increments for the additional bowl or whatever it 
you know, however that goes for you. But I like it, and I think it's the fairest and most efficient way Mm -hmm. that, from my experience, for pricing. Mm -hmm. Because I I love it. Yeah, and I have, like, I do a lot of different textures of hair, too. And I feel Mm -hmm. that it's so unfair to charge someone so much more because it took me longer to cut their hair. I completely agree. Yeah, so, like, I just, I don't know. I felt really, like, weird about charging hourly, especially for a haircut. Mm-hmm. Ju- just because I, they sat under a dryer for an hour and a half after I cut it. Like, I, it just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'm in huge agreement, and that's why, okay, so here's the take. I personally don't necessarily have, well, okay, I personally do have a strong preference. I love packages. Like, I think packages are, like, amazing. However, I don't think that they're amazing for everybody, and I think everybody's going to have their preference, and it is what it is. I really don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do care for those of you who do care about having online booking and making it easy for your clients that you're setting that up well for your clients, but I think that there's a way to do that with no matter what pricing model that you have. I love it packages because I truly believe that it takes the benefits of hourly and the benefits of a la carte and it puts them together and then it negates the cons of both of them. So I love that you said, because this is the majority of the time what happens when people put uh, hourly pricing in place is like, what if you're booked for three hours and then you finish at two hours that day, just because you were faster, you weren't talking and you had your first sip of Red Bull. You know what I mean? (laughs) So then you're screwed out of an hour of, getting paid Mm -hmm. and like i think that we deserve to like know how much we're getting paid if we're booked for x amount of time we should get paid for x amount of time that we're booked for and i think when we have hourly our clients sometimes may not be very trusting of it because they're like oh well then my stylist can just take their time and then just charge me more money you know what i mean plus i do believe that there is potential for it to be discriminatory based upon the person's physical attributes Mm -hmm. right um and the texture of their hair whatever it may be And then with a la carte, my tea with a la carte is I don't like that people can pick and choose and I don't like an itemized receipt. Like, I don't like that I have to explain to my client, okay, you have a $30 toner because of this. And then we're going to do the Mm -hmm. bond builder because of this. And then we're going to do this because of this. It's just like, do my fucking hair, please. Like, give me what I want. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I will pay you. Give me what I want. And, you know, I think that there's different types of clients out there. Like, I think that there's different types of clients who really would prefer, like, the I pick and choose Mm -hmm. and I want to know exactly what I'm paying for. And then there's other clients who are like, you're the professional. I just want to sit down and tell you what I want. And then, like, just, like, pay me what the tea is. Yeah. So that's my personal, that's why I prefer packages. But who the hell cares what we think? I want to know what the client thinks, right? Mm-hmm. So, survey says, I said, when reviewing a hairstylist pricing, what would you prefer plus what do you believe makes the most sense to you? This was kind of wild to me. Like, I was kind of shook at this, all right? So, 29% preferred a la carte. Um, 66% preferred packages. 5 percent preferred hourly pricing and 
I just like when I saw that, I just felt like it was like such a gut punch for anybody who has hourly pricing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, you know, like 5% is a really strong dis- dislike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is insane that is to me considering the amount of stylists that I see online preaching it to and preaching it. hourly yeah. pricing. Yep. Exactly. And this is why I love packages because i think that truly everybody wins at the end of the day i think that people are doing hourly because they want to get paid fairly for their time and like what they're doing Mm -hmm. and their expertise and they want to simplify things but then it's like how does that affect the client's experience and then in turn how does that affect you and your business right Mm -hmm. um so so i like the packages because the way that i set it up at least is i am charging for my time but i'm more like i have like a base hourly rate but what i'm more charging for is the time that was reserved with me and the transformation that somebody's getting. So like, like for example, like if I am doing something where somebody is having a substantial change that where I have to like take a little bit more time to do it, then I'm going to be charging for that. But I have the option and the, um, I have the uh, freedom of being like, well, this person is taking me longer because of this attribute. So I'm not going to charge them more than this package price because this is the transformation that I'm doing on them. And I don't believe in charging them more just because I have this extra time with them, right? Or you could charge them extra time and product if that's truly the case and that's what you want to do. Like, you just get to make up your own freaking rules. So you're you know like- what I mean? Like, it's just like you get to do whatever the hell you want to. So... Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm getting really biased and like talking about my opinion with this, but I want to go back to the clients. All right. Again, I'm just the messenger. So, so I then asked, I asked the client why they preferred whatever they chose. And I left it as like an open-ended thing, put it in a chat GBT, asked it to sum up the answers. The people who chose a la carte, the people who preferred a la carte said, the main reason was more control and flexibility. So they said, I don't always want a package deal. I like to pick and choose what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I may change my mind after every process. Um, uh, I have more control over what spending, no surprises this way. The people who said package pricing said price transparency. So they like to know like the upfront cost so they can budget up, up front. Mm-hmm. This helps them avoid unexpected unexpected expenses and enables better budgeting and then convenience. So they appreciate the convenience and simplicity of all inclusive packages. They find it easier to select a package that meets their needs rather than choosing individual services. Going back to the online booking situation, this really fits in well for making online booking a a more viable thing that everybody's happy with. And then hourly pricing, like those 5% responses really did not make sense to me. Like people said like, I prefer this pricing because I know what I'm going to pay at the moment that I get my hair done. And then somebody just said, literally, it just sounds more convenient than the rest for me. So it was just like not not really definitive reasons mm-hmm. for the, the 5% who chose it. So what are your guys' thoughts? I think it's super interesting that the packaging seems more transparent than a la carte. Yeah, and I liked what you said kind of about the transformation and not choosing to um, charge more, Charge more, which, again, this wasn't what the client said. It is what you said. But it's like they're paying for the result, 
Mm-hmm. You know? Um, versus, like, the time it took you to get there, which mm-hmm. I was thinking about that with Hourly, too. It's like, okay, if I can cut a bomb-ass haircut on Hunter in five minutes, like, he doesn't deserve to pay less than the person it takes me 20 minutes to cut on because either way, it's my skill that allowed me to do that in set amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sure. opens up a conversation and allows you to come at it from a space of like you are paying for the result and all the and the my and the, the convenience and well and yeah like my skill set of being able to do this for you regardless of mm-hmm. like the amount of time it takes i guess 100 percent. and i mean that doesn't mean you can't have tiered packages of like a color correction package or a, a mm-hmm. root retouch package or whatever so i'm also going to be super honest uh packaging i'm super uh unbiased not unbiased uh against i guess yeah, yeah. because it was a format of a terrible experience for oh me. so it's tainted by it's, that so mm. it's it is a little tainted by that however i even tried it on my own and i didn't prefer it but that's a personal yeah. opinion mm-hmm. and it is clear that I My mean, personal I, opinion is not a client's opinion. Well, one which thing, is cool. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't matter. It doesn't though, matter. You know, no. like it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like, yes, these clients' opinions do matter. Yes, but you can do business however the hell you want to do it. And like, I will take that twenty-five percent. Like, what I said, I will take that twenty-five percent. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Period. As you should. As long as, you know, here's the thing. I think that as long as you have transparency with the client, right? As long as you have really good communication and as long as you're willing to accept the cons, you know, like, because there's cons to like all the things that I just shared, mm-hmm. right? Like with all-inclusive packaging, it's it's harder to explain to a client, right? Because there is like, a there's less tangibility to it, you know? Like you can't tangibly, like you guys were saying, you can't tangibly say I'm doing all of these individual things. So if you do have a client who you who wants that type of explanation, it's going to be harder to explain mm-hmm. that. So it's just what pros and cons are you willing to accept? And then what are you going to prioritize as far as the type of services you're doing, the type of person you are and the way that you like to work, you know? Yeah. Well, you said in the beginning that this is quite a broad spectrum of age range, demographic and whatever. That is the like client pool here that we're um you know surveying but I do think it's good because like there are different models and everybody's clientele is different and everybody's demographic is different and like you know lifestyles are going to be different so Mm -hmm. maybe this works really great for the person that's trying to figure out how to do online booking but struggling to figure out a way that works or, and you know, maybe it's not going to work for the next person at all. And they're going to stay exactly where they're at. Cause that's working for them. But for somebody who is looking to tweak the way they think about things or like maybe struggling to find the system that works for them. I think there's like some really great info in this episode. I'm excited for people to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys so much for giving me this space to share. Absolutely. What's your question? Okay. Yes. Because it didn't get answered. So what is your solution for double booking? It's really, well, it's, it's, so what I teach you is something called booking blocks. So when you create booking blocks, you have a solidify, and it's like, it's almost, it's like, 
it's as if you were it's as if you did have package pricing except except you're not actually charging for it so you're setting up your online booking specifically for the time that it's taking you not for the actual services that you're doing so you would just share with your client, like, these are the specific time blocks that I need you to choose for me. And then you'd be able to, you know, set up the gap time in your online booking for whatever it need, you need to. And then it would work and fit. I personally don't do, I personally do not double book, but I have hundreds of students that do who have been able to create these booking blocks and then it works for them. Do you have a more specific, like, do you have a more specific, like, reason why it would not work? Mm, no i just okay just to be i just want to be clear i just want to be clear as to my answer for you yes no your answer was was just it was it answered the question yeah. perfectly i okay period. yeah the only thing that i ever worry about with double booking is like okay this client is booking this package say they get there and they say i I booked for this for this time, but actually I think I just want a color retouch today. Like, or they book for a color retouch and a glaze and then they don't need the glaze or they get there and we consult and an hour turns into an hour and a half or mm -hmm. an hour turns into 15 minutes versus if I book that appointment, I talk to the client and we figure out what we're doing before they book the appointment. You have, do you, well, so what I was going to say before you said that, what I was going to say is, is what's the difference with like pre-booking it yourself, right? Like what's the difference with like you pre-booking somebody like, two hours right and then they show up for two hours four weeks from today and you may have had a conversation with about it but then it's two weeks from today and they're like actually i had this inspiration picture you know mm -hmm. like i feel like the same thing can happen either way right um i feel like it doesn't happen to me though because i consult then it may not happen yeah, to you with online booking okay yeah i was gonna yeah. say because i you know consult I mean? with them at their appointment and i have a plan for their hair mm -hmm ahead of time um well and maybe it's just a conversation that you have at the end of your appointment that's like okay we did a full highlight today next time we're only going to need to do a retouch mm -hmm. so make yeah. sure that next time you know when you book this is how you're going to book it exactly whatever so you'll still communicate to them how to like you'll still communicate with them like what to actually book online yeah like mm -hmm. so it'd be the same thing as if you booked it yourself like because you're they're booking exactly what you told them so a lot of the times i'll tell people like you could even print out like online booking cards so you could like share like give this card to somebody and say like okay when you when i wrote down exactly when i think you should come back to see me and then this is exactly what you need to like actually book for when you actually go to go go ahead and do that it could be like their pre-booking card except you're just writing down the service the service mm -hmm. instead of the date of their next appointment right mm -hmm. yeah i like it i like it We've, you've got yeah. answers for all of our questions we did yeah and again yeah thank well thank you guys so much so here's the tea so like I'm, do, I'm like talking to, I'm doing on a bunch of podcasts and talking about this stuff. Cause I think it's super fascinating information that mm -hmm. I would like want the industry to hear. And I knew that I'd be talking to like actual active hairdressers today, yeah. you know, like you guys yes. are fucking be like 
doing the damn thing like on the ground the majority of the time yeah. right versus like a lot of other podcast hosts within the industry like maybe they're like completely not behind the chair anymore or they're just a salon owner and they're not doing yeah. hair. like i knew that today i'd be talking to like the people that like are actually in it mm-hmm. and so i know that like this stuff sounds crazy but i really do appreciate you guys being open-minded i loved getting to hear your guys's thoughts yeah. about it um and i really appreciate you guys like being down to hear it all with no totally talk, yeah. i think it's great i love that you did it because yeah we can sit around and talk about what we think is good like till we're blue in the face but the client is a completely different perspective and that's really who they're the ones that pay our bills <laughs> mm-hmm, they are the yep. ones with their butts in our seats so it's what they think is obviously <laughs> worth consideration um so i think it's really cool that you did this and thank you for sharing it with us yeah. thank you guys yeah. i appreciate it um poppy is so freaking cute dude is she, she, he's been distracting me this entire time i'm like obsessed she is just the best cat she. Yeah, she is just the best cat I've ever had in my entire life. I've gotten all my cats as kittens, and she is just the best one. Aww. She's so Poppy, sweet. Is she crazy? Is she? Does Say she have like the zoomies? Everybody. Not really. No. She was being squirmy earlier, and um, last week we recorded a, a few episodes, and she sat with me the entire time, and then now she's kind of wandering and mm-hmm. playing around a little bit. But yeah, well, she's I'm pretty obsessed. good girl. All right. Um, we got to close this out and then okay. we can talk. <laughs> uh, thank you, Hunter. How can everyone find you on social media? Um, you can find me at hair by Hunty on Instagram, or you can check out my podcast, modern hairstyles podcast, or you can go to my website, hunterdonia.com. Love it. Love it. If you want to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at Herrick's Hunter on all the things. I'm Erica the Redhead on all the things. Our podcast is Break Room Banter Pod on all the things. And if you want to find additional ways to support us, you can subscribe to our Patreon. And that's www.patreon.com forward slash Break Room Banter Pod. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And next time... Until next time, remember... (laughs) You always have a seat at our table. Bye. Bye!